And what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Bear Down Sports Association podcast, episode 89 today. We have a week five recap. Your host, CJ Savarro, joined alongside me, Commissioner Brandon Kurtzman, my father, Tommy Savarro, and now reoccurring guest, Sam Allen. Kurtzman, how are we doing today, brother? Doing great. Um, I've been grinding for the league, got a bunch of stats done today. I'm almost updated through the season. Um, stats are coming soon, I promise. Sam, how you doing? What's going on? Never been better. <laughs> Dad. I want to shout out to all the uh, people that have been showing me love on the sidelines, telling me that I'm the only real voice this podcast mm. everyone listens to. So, <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, much love to all the guys God. that are uh, returning it. There you go. Wow. That's, that's, that's nice. It's a good feeling that people uh, – that's why you're on the podcast, because people enjoy you being on the podcast. Kurtzman, before we get into the Week 5 recap, I know there was something that you wanted to address pertaining to the league. Yeah, first, uh, shout out our sponsor, uh, Dolce Vita Pizzeria. Uh, today was two dollars, uh, $10 Tuesdays, $10 large free pie, large free, large pie. Uh, Wednesdays, they also do $10 large plain pie. So go get some pizza, some good food there. Um, also, now I'm going to get serious. Um, the trash needs to be thrown out. I cannot be sitting there picking up everyone's trash for 40, 50 minutes. Like every week it's been pretty bad. And I've kind of just been like, whatever about it, but Last week was way too much trash all over the field. There are multiple garbage cans on both sides of the field. Take your trash and throw it out. I'm not your maid. Figure it out and be a grown-up and just throw up your trash. It's wow. not that hard. Wow. Now I know what I feel when everyone comes to this house. Ooh. Oh. oh, my wow. God. Wow. All right. Anything else, Kurtz? Um, no. Nah, the games were great this week. There was a lot of movement in the standings and – uh a lot to talk about here and digest. All right, let's start off. 9 a.m. slate, Georgia against Oregon. Who wants to start with this one? Kurtzman. Oh, I'm going to put on I'll start. Um, for one, it sucks that Georgia's team just doesn't show up. Mm. Top three picks all did not show up in this one. Tyson, Jack, and Sedano. I thought maybe it was the rain that was keeping them away, but now – Nice sunny 65 degree day, and there was no shows there. Um, Jack, Jack Starn, I think Jack Starner has COVID. Okay, well, no, no, I mean, listen, I, I, it just sucks. I'm saying more so, it just sucks that they didn't show, they weren't able to show up yeah. or didn't show up for whatever reasons. Um, they got Justin as a sub, which we all see what he is capable of, um, on a weekly basis. And talk, talk about that real quick. New rule, yeah, as Justin, well. yeah, Justin's not subbing anymore, it's just not happening. Okay. Um, uh, he was an absolute difference maker in this game. He had three. I think, I'm pretty sure he scored three touchdowns. Um, he was a difference maker on defense, as he always is. And it, it sucks that somebody that isn't even on that team literally decided that game in a big way. IB was still IB. IB did a lot of great things in what he does on a weekly basis as well. But um, if they didn't have Justin and they had one of those three other guys, I'm not sure if the score is the same. And that's no slight to the other guys. That's just really just how good Justin really is. Um, but Oregon played a really good game. I thought they could have done a better job getting pipped the ball a little bit more. Sarf was, I feel like Sarf was under pressure a little bit in this one. Um, they moved the ball pretty well. They just weren't able to execute in the red zone. I'm looking for them to kind of just rebound off this loss. They had a three-game winning streak going in. Uh, they were definitely feeling good about themselves. And I know Suroff, uh definitely laid into his team a little bit at this one. Felt like they definitely should have let this one slip away from them. Um, yeah, I, I just think Oregon is still in a good, a prime position in the league to finish up the year strong three games in the last two weeks. And uh, as long as they take care of business, they'll be a solid seed for the playoffs. Sam? Well, last, uh, last podcast, I kind of not called out Georgia, but I picked against them. And my thinking was, no, that I wasn't wouldn't believe that their whole team would show up for a 9 a.m. game. And, you know, I was right on that. But, uh, again, I, I kind of called them out, um, and they won the game, regardless of who they're with, uh, who their subs were. I know Carson said last week that, you know, he'll, he'll go out there and play with anyone, regardless of who's on his team and who's not. So, got to give my props to IB. Uh, kind of answered the call. You know, not that maybe I motivated them. Maybe I didn't. I don't know if I have that much sway on the podcast yet. But, uh, you know, definitely answered the call and definitely showed that they're – they're not a they're not a losing team. They they were kind of trending down. They had a big win against a, an Oregon team that was trending up. So um, big win there, definitely. Um, again and again, regardless of who's on the field, IB's gonna IB's gonna shine in my eyes. Dad, 
I didn't watch this game. Uh, it doesn't surprise me that, you know, Justin steals the show. Uh, Kurtzman, is, is this just a rule just for Justin or all number one picks? Um, listen, you know how I rock. I don't ever get subs. I think subs are the dumbest thing. Um, I would like it where you're not really subbing first round picks, but I know people are just going to yeah, get annoyed take, about that. But... Unless they had first three picks. You know, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying – I know. It just I'm more so saying it just sucks that um, that a player not on their team is making the big biggest difference in the game. That's really what I was just getting at. Well, Kurtzman, I have a question um, for you, actually. What if what if we did something like you can only sub for someone who's, like, equal or lesser value? Well, that's the thing. Uh, listen, to me, and I've been saying this since, you know, since he started playing the league, I don't think Justin has an equal. I think he's the best player in the league, period, both sides of the ball. Yeah, um, and he was, what, the number one pick or number yeah. two pick? Yeah, he'd be the number one pick every year, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but here's the thing. Like yeah. I said, you take a team like IB's team that lose their three top picks – and taking Justin really shouldn't hurt, you know. It, it shouldn't. He shouldn't be penalized because he's taking Justin because he, you know, he doesn't have his first three picks playing. Yeah, I, I still kind of I agree with Kurtzman honestly. Like Justin is just making plays on the field that other people aren't making. And when you lose, if you're Oregon and you're like, damn, like Justin kind of beat us today, you know, it it hurts. And I'm not not taking away anything else from the other guys on Georgia as well, but um. That I, I see where Kurtzman is, is coming from on that one, definitely. Well, listen, you had Joe Dell uh, uh, sub. He's not Justin. Yeah, but he listen. He's not Justin. He, That's what it comes to. He's not Justin. He didn't make – Justin made every play in the game. Not And this is not me hating on Joe Dell, but Joe Dell wasn't really causing Kurtzman problems. Uh, but he was, slow, jo- he was slowing down jo- Damien. Uh, not really, because Damien had a billion sacks. Uh. So, not really. Um, <laughs> Kurtz, you have stats on this one? Um, No, I do not. You didn't give me the film yet. Okay, fair enough. Let's move on to the other 9 a.m. game, Texas Tech against Florida. Dad, I'll let you start off with this one. Great game. Um, I believe I picked Texas Tech in this game, but it didn't surprise me that Florida won. They, they got a good team. They're in every game. I said they'll never get blown out. Before the game started, I, I went over to um, a Jirak, and I told him, I said, uh, you know, trust in Zalek. I said, this, you know, like, and I've been saying, I said in the, in the pod the week before, I think he's got to come out and find that number one receiver for himself. And and I and we all agreed. I think Zalek was the guy. They said he's the guy he's gonna have to start throwing to. Uh, and I thought Zalek had a great game. I thought Jarrock had a good game throwing the ball. Everyone's anticipating him, you know, running the ball as much, you know, like he's been doing much of the year. And listen, he had a great touchdown run again this game because he's just a, a human highlight reel. But uh, he impressed me throwing the ball this week. I mean that that game was back and forth. But uh, you know, very few defensive stops in that game. Kurtzman. Um, me and you were yelling to each other from the booth in the field saying defense was optional as yeah. I was refing the first half of this game. Um, both offenses just came out really hot. I don't think the defenses were um, really doing a crazy amount to oppose the, the hot starts. But in the second half, we only saw two scores in the game. There were a couple of defensive stops on both sides. Um, there were definitely obviously some defensive second, uh, some uh, halftime adjustments made because in the first half, each team went right down the field and scored. Um, Sadati was eating up for Texas Tech. Steve was eating up. Abdul had over 100 yards in this one. Um, for Florida, Jarrock, Will, X, um, Nick Zalek, DeFlippis were all making plays in the first half and in the second half as well. But this first half was electric. I wish there were more people there to see this first half because Billy was throwing dots all over the field. Jarrock was running crazy. Um, but whatever adjustments were made were made correctly. And uh, this game really ended in absolute dramatic fashion. Billy driving down the field yeah. uh, hits uh, after two incomplete passes, hits Ruiz on a nice little out route. I thought Ruiz maybe should have just cut it, like should have just been able to run the route a little bit further, but maybe the pressure was getting there too quickly, whatever. So he catches the ball two yards away and Drock makes the fly grab of the day, stopping the stopping him from scoring, ending the game right there. It was an absolute crazy ending. Um I, I if I could jump in, I really didn't like the play call at the end of the game. I told I was talking to Billy. Uh when he came out of the huddle, he had uh um Abdul one on one Mahmoud on one side because I noticed his shift the safety shifted to the opposite side of the field. Uh-huh. So basically he had one-on-one. I would have liked to see him do something one-on-one against Mahmoud rather than, you know, running, trying to run the rub that they were, they were trying to run. I, and I know I got – actually, they got stopped short of the, uh, of the end zone, but also there was a flag on the play for a pick play. Was uh, it? Yeah, yeah. There was a, the final play was a penalty, but he oh. scored anyway. 
Uh, I know that. Yeah, and, and like I said, I, I, rather than see that rub and, and which was called the pick, I would have rather seen him do you know that one on one on the outside with Abdul. Sam, you got anything on this one? Um, again, I think Duroc is um, another one that I kind of called out where I said that you know late in the games teams are going to challenge him to throw the ball and make the play, and I think this week he answered it. Honestly, he like you guys said, he was making nice throws. He didn't. I, again, I don't have the stats in front of me, but he. Uh, he was definitely definitely dual threat. He's always going to be a dual threat quarterback. But I think this week his arm really showed um, showed what he can do with his arm, and it really showed in late in the game for sure. When you know, yeah, it was a defensive battle in the second half, but they still put up what thirty points, and yeah. it's very hard to put up thirty points just being uh, one tool. So re- nice game by Jarak, and and again, we know he's a winner. We know he's a competitor, um, and it, again, it just seems that Florida plays every game so close, and um, I, I you know. They're going to be in every game regardless of who they play. And honestly, I think that they're going to go as far as Jarok's arm can take them, in my opinion. Um, you guys pretty much, you know, hit it on the head, covered all the points there. I just wanted to say this. I thought this is a game that if it's played 10 times, it's probably split 5-5. Like, these two teams are both really good teams in the league. These are definitely two of the better teams in the league. And a lot of people showed out in this one. Like you said, there's a lot of good throws. Talking about people talking about Jarok's arm. I thought he threw the ball like good velocity as well. Yeah. Whereas we've seen him more good, good decisions. Yeah, with the ball. good decisions with the ball, um, giving his receivers chance to make plays. I thought Billy was excellent as well in this game. I thought they executed really well, like some fourth downs, some you know, some key third downs, picking up big yards. I thought they were just like on their shit. And I definitely thought Billy was on his shit throughout the entire day. I just wanted to shout out, I thought the linemen in this game too. This is like two of the better lines in the league. And and if I leave someone out here, please jump in and tell me. But um, you know, you got D Flippis, uh, Joe Dell. Um, in this game, you had Harnish, you, you had Jarwar, Tempa, J.K. Will. Like, yeah, this was a game where they were making plays everywhere. And the lineman, the line on both sides, I thought was great. You know, sometimes the defense was getting there, doing their thing. Sometimes the quarterback had some time. Um, this was just an all-around really good game. And I, my t- my biggest takeaway from this one was that these are two really good teams. Anyone else got anything on this one? Um, yeah, no, I mean, this was a huge win for Florida in terms of playoffs. They were neck and neck with this team going into this week. Uh, same thing with the Georgia Oregon game. Those two teams were neck and neck in the standings going into this week. So these games matter a lot in terms of the head to head, the point differential. So you really want to try to pick as many wins you can in these next two weeks, because you could be on the outside looking in. I think there's going to be a couple of teams disappointed with how these last two weeks turn out. Uh-huh. You got uh you got stats on this one, Kurtz? Yeah, I do actually. Uh, for Florida, Jarrock was nine of 15, 154 yards and two touchdowns. Also had ten carries, eighty six yards and three touchdowns rushing. Um, Xavier had two catches, twenty eight yards and three tackles. Will had three catches, fifty four yards and four tackles. Nick Zalek had two catches, twenty seven yards and a touchdown. Also had a pass breakup. Jarwar had a big pass breakup late in this game and two tackles. Uh, Deflippus had two catches, forty five yards and a touchdown. Uh, and Derek and Mahmoud each had two tackles apiece. For the Texas for Texas Tech, Billy was 20 of 34 for 252 yards, four touchdowns, also 24 yards rushing. Steve Ruiz was five catches, 59 yards, and a touchdown. Nick Sidati, nine catches, 71 yards, two touchdowns, and caught three conversions, which means he scored five times in this game. That's um, We didn't even say his name. He went fucking off in this one. Yeah, uh, Harnish had three sacks too early to stop conversions and get big third down stops. Um, Harnish is Harnish, that team has crazy energy on the line with Harnish, Latempa, and James Williams. Those guys are always yelling, always communicating. Um, that's a good group on the in the trenches for that team. Um, Latempa had a few tackles. Jeff had a pass breakup and three tackles. Abdul had six carries, a hundred and oh, no, sorry, six carries, six catches, one hundred and ten yards, and a touchdown. Uh, James Williams had three tackles and twelve receiving yards and Mikey guard I'm gonna make her now Mikey Friedman had two tackles as well I just want to jump in with Sadati one more time the kids got great hands uh, a lot of the, the passes a lot of the roots yeah I mean Billy was throwing in tight windows but you uh-huh. have to come back you know a little bit to, and catch that ball with your hands none of that you know let me catch that in my chest bullshit this kid was all hands all he's got hands. great hands no I agree when I when I was saying that when I said that you know they were executing really well I was actually in my head I probably should have done you did a good job conveying it they on a lot of those, you know, third and fourth downs on those tight windows. Billy was slinging the rock him, and he was all hands yeah. over the middle to the outside. Everything, all hands. So Great I, def- I definitely agree with that. 
Yeah. All right, let's move on to the 10 o'clock slate now. Kurtzman, we'll start with you. Wyoming against LSU. Big game here. How did you feel like your team played? Um, defensively, outside of the first play, we were we were lights out. Uh, Damian, Hughes, Morick, James, all causing havoc on the D-line. My team did a good job uh, executing in the secondary. And outside of the first play, our, I thought our flag driving was very good. Um we move the ball well. We just still are having problems executing in the red zone. Luckily, we have the best defense in the league, and we don't allow points scored, really. So it's kind of allowed us to work through these uh, offensive mishaps, I guess. But I'm not worried about moving the ball because we don't punt. We punted for the first time this year in the second game, late in the game, and I was kicking myself for it. But we don't punt. We, we convert. We score. Um, I mean, we don't score. We get into scoring range and opportunities. We just haven't found the plays that really worked yet. Um, I'm happy to get Mike and Pat on the field, back on the field together for the first time in four weeks or forever, it feels like. Um, so overall, I love that our defense is this elite and that it it shows that we can win any type of ball game. Sam. Yeah, I think, I mean, again, Kurtzman said it. I think, you know, the stats are there to prove it. He does have the better defense in the league, or if not the best. And um, I really think, you know, what I want to see out of Kurtzman, and I, you know, I, we were talking about this before, I want to see that offensive explosion. I want to see Kurtzman go off. You know, I, I, I haven't seen that. Um, you know, they, they'll put up points. Their defense generates points. They turn defense into offense very well, um, you know, with, with just the – when they get turnovers and like you said, their flag grabbing is very good. Um, and it kind of takes the pressure off of the offense where they can kind of, you know, I, I'm, maybe it's, maybe Kurtzman needs the pressure on his offense to kind of function better. Maybe he needs that, you know, where he's down by two scores and he needs the offense to, to really explode all of a sudden. But um, the only thing I'll, I guess I'll say to Kurtzman is, you know, you don't want to find yourself relying on your defense where you're on the field and you'll think like, oh, you know what, I don't need to make this throw or this down doesn't really count or anything like that because my defense will have my back. I kind of want to still be in attack mode. So, But, again, until I see them lose and until I see them, someone actually beat them in all facets of the game, I'm uh, going to give all credit to Wyoming in this one. Dad. Yeah, I'm not going to take my hat off to Wyoming, too. I, I didn't pick them to win this weekend uh, for various reasons. First game, um, listen, uh, uh, two plays that stuck in my mind. Obviously, you know, Pat's a stud, you know, Pat is both sides of the ball. Pat is a stud. Um, offensively, just like what Sam said, I would like to see a little more consistency uh, with Wyoming's offense. To me, they had a, a tip drill touchdown uh, on fourth down. Uh, uh, the only really well-designed offensive play that I saw was the screen pass to, to Pat right before the half. Other than that, I mean, they moved the ball, but they just couldn't, you know, punch it in. they couldn't, yeah, they couldn't punch it in. They couldn't finish it. Uh, this game, to me, the first game, uh, two plays that stuck out in my mind. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, it's always going to say Pat's great, and he is. But uh, Damien, there was no answer for, for Damien. I mean, even uh, Solves is frustrated. There's a good mobile quarterback that can move in the pocket, he can run, and he just couldn't get away from Damien. And he, and he was frustrated. And he was saying at one point, towards the end of the game, he goes, he goes is anyone going to block this kid? And he was right. They couldn't. They could not block him. And the other guy would be Matt Hughes. What a rock that kid is. I mean – Whatever you need him to do, he'll come up and do. And you on the block, he's going to be a, an excellent pass block. You on the run block, excellent run block. You want him to catch the ball, he's going to catch the ball. You need to come up with a big play or a conversion, he's the guy that's there. And he's, he's done it consistently. So uh, my hat's off to those two guys. Uh, obviously, I'm going back to the line of scrimmage, one on defensive side, one on the offensive side. But Kurt Smith, I'd like to see a little more consistency on the offense. Kurt, you can answer. You can respond. Um. No, I mean, like, we I, – I, there's no – there's nothing I can really say. We really only scored we, – we didn't – none of our drives that we got the ball consistently down the field we scored on except for the tip drill. Um, obviously, I know we need to score, but I'm confident that when we have Mike and Pat on the field, the offense will be cooking at a higher level. So, to, to speak about LSU – Yeah. LSU, do we think that this was – they just ran into a buzzsaw? this week against Wyoming, or is this a deeper routed issue? Even though we talked about how on the last podcast that, you know, they fixed their offense up, you know, they were going to protect four guys. Like, do we think that this is a huge um, problem moving forward or is Damian and Matt and that James and the rest uh, of your defensive line, just a problem. They ran no, because you know what? I think there's, I think there's defensive lines that have just as good athletes as what I have. And 
Um, if they run into a team with a dominant defensive line, like someone like Michigan State in the first round of the playoffs or something like that, they that offensive line is going to be a, a serious problem for uh, Sobes. Um, I, I, thought, also, I wanted to say something, Chris, but I wanted to say yeah, something. Yeah, go. I need to give Dom Gutowski his flowers. Oh, okay. Because Dom was really good in in, the, in this game, in both games, honestly, but he was really good in this game. And especially when I know me and Kurtzman, we talked about it on the phone. Pat and Rob Reddington both weren't there to start the game against LSU. So Kurtzman went down the field without Pat or Rob on the field. James, um, Dean, and Dom playing wide receiver, correct? Well, we actually went in two receiver, four down linemen. But okay, yeah. yes, but you had, but you had those. Yeah, those were the guys. Yes. Yeah, those are the guys you were had on the uh, on the field with you. But you, even though you didn't score, you went right down the field. And Dom, I, I said it to you, he just plays good in space. Like he just knows how to find the open spot, catches the ball, gets up the field. Like just very, very solid. Very, uh, that's like a, a good. That's that's a that's a good veteran off the bench, big time moment. Few starters out, just comes in and helps move the ball. Yeah, no, Dom knows his importance to the team. But, uh, no, I just think that the offensive line there, it's a rotating machine. They still haven't figured out the, the unit that's going to click the best. Uh, we'll talk about it in the second game, but they had a, they had a they changed their offensive line from game one to game two. Um, it, it probably worked a little better because they were playing against Purdue instead of playing against us. But they got to figure out who their O-line is going to be and how their offense is going to be run. I think Sobes needs to just kind of concede the fact that this needs to be a get-the-ball-out-of-my-hands-quicker team, make-quicker-decisions team. Um, unless he just wants to run for his life. I think that, like I said, if they run into a dominant defensive line in a playoff game, they're going to have a lot of trouble unless that offensive line decides they're going to step up and play up to their, I guess, potential. Anything else on this game? Yeah, I mean, I just want to say one more quick thing. I mean, I think it's – I really – again, and to, I think to put this on Sobes is it's kind of wrong. I, again, I think Sobes is, if not the most talented – the second most talented quarterback in this league. I just think that the team for him this year just isn't there, to be quite honest. I don't think, you know, it might be the way he drafted, might be, you know, some guys underperforming, but I think, I think Sobes plays fine. It's just really just the lack of a, a team. And I think we spoke about this, or you guys spoke about this when, you know, at post-draft that, like, you know, some guys drafted their friends, some guys drafted a team. And I, I don't know if there's something in the middle there for Sobes, but I, I think that this year just, the team is not built to kind of withstand some of the other teams. Like you said, Kurtzman, he's going to have an issue against, you know, my line. He had an issue against your line. And just going forward that I think if, if his weakness is his old line, that kind of takes away whoever the quarterback is, in my opinion. So, um, you know, I, again, I just, I think Soves is too good to kind of take away anything from him per se, but uh, I just think if the team isn't there this year for him. Curtis, uh, let's do stats on this one. Yeah, I'm just looking at these stats real quick. They're kind of like there's so many question marks. Uh, so it was 11 and 18, 141 yards and a touchdown. Also through an interception. It was the it was one of the last plays of the game. Um, Mike Body, two targets, no catches. Um, that like you just have to manufacture targets to your best players. Like that that shouldn't be happening. Yeah. Spo four catches, 63 yards and a touchdown. Also had a sack. Cody one catch, 14 yards and a pass breakup. Uh, Connor Freel had five catches, 64 yards. Jake Soaps had two sacks. Luca Duccio had four tackles and a pass breakup. And uh, Tommy Torrey had one catch and one sack. For Wyoming, I was 16 of 21, 187 yards, two touchdowns. Um, Pat was four catches, 78 yards, and a touchdown. Rob, two catches, 16 yards, and two conversions. Pat also had five tackles. Dom had four catches, 42 yards. Dean had one catch, 10 yards. Damian, five sacks. James, one catch, 11 yards. And Matt Hughes, three catches, 30 yards, and a touchdown. Also caught a conversion. All right. Let's go to the other 10 o'clock game. Sam Allen, your turn. Michigan State against TCU. Sam, tell me about this one. Well, this game was over before it even started, or I would say it was over before the other team even got there or wow. didn't get there, I should say. Um, first drive, uh, Eric showed up late. Dylan was the quarterback. Um, they go three and out to start. Um, they actually were going to go for it on fourth down, and they actually got a full start on like fourth and seven or fourth and eight and so, so they ended up punting. I think like two plays later, we scored a touchdown. And then I think maybe if – I might be wrong, but maybe Eric's first throw of the day, pick six by Sean, and it was one throw into the game, and it was 13 nothing Michigan State. And uh, 
I just think that we, you know, really we, we viewed this team and just like in watching film and kind of watching their games, uh, we viewed this team as very beatable in our eyes. And uh, I think we, we handled them accordingly, I would say, uh, nicely. Um, but, you know, the game, the game, I think the final score was what, like 25-6? It was really 25 nothing. They kind of just, we even asked them if they wanted to keep playing. And, you know, you'll see on the last play whenever the video is uploaded, you know, my guys are just kind of standing around. Actually, if, if you have the audio, you could probably hear me say, scream out, don't get hurt, really, because at that point the game is game was really over. I didn't want anybody to get hurt. I had to plead with Douglas to get off the field. Uh, but, you know, he stayed in the field. And, again, I think it's just persistence by my guys. I think, you know, we come off a big, big loss to Wyoming the week before. Then we bounce back and have an absolute monster game against Purdue. And then we absolutely – wipe the floor with TCU this week. So, uh, again, I think it's just statement game after statement game, and I think that um, we're, we're building, which is good. It's a good part of the season to be building. Um, and I think that, you know, my guys are a little, little beat up this week. Uh, they played a tough game, especially guys like Douglas. Douglas actually hurt his back a little bit in the, the end of this game. So uh, we'll see how that pans out for this weekend. But, um, you know, I think we can compete with anyone and we can beat anyone. So, I'll, I'll let you guys talk about it. Give your thoughts. Dad. I agree with Sam. I, I think that uh, they get better each week and, and you can see it. Um, I didn't see a lot of this game, but every time I was at the other field, you know, every time I, I turned my head when there was a big play, it seemed like, you know, MSU was just having their way with, with TCU. A little disappointed in, in the way that uh, TCU has been playing this year. I, I thought they'd be a better team. And uh, it, it's, it's, it's kind of disappointing to see them not, not play up to their potential. Kurtz. Um, Sam Allen, man, comes in, gets the dub, takes no prisoners. He went out there and just took care of business. Uh, basically a shutout, if you don't count the last play where his team's not even trying, really. Um, really nothing really to say. I was playing, I was playing during this game, but from my point of view, there was really not a lot of energy coming from TCU side. Um, and like Sam said, are getting there late and, the game just being gone before it even started for TCU. It sucks that TCU hasn't been good. I also expect them to be better, but um, maybe they use these last two weeks to get right. Maybe they don't. And regardless, they'll they could be a first round exit. Not not looking good for for TCU. Everyone around the league is really down on them. Honestly, rightfully so. Um, people, you know, you know, Douglas said to me, he said TJ, nice pick. After I picked against you this week, Sam, I'd like to apologize to your team. I picked Sam. Um, yeah, Sam, MSU is, is to be taken seriously moving forward. Sam, if you just listen to the kid talking the podcast, he's a great face of the franchise. He's got a great, you know, nice, nice beat on his locker room. So um, I, I like MSU a lot moving forward. And for TCU, it just it kind of looks like they're, you know, they're dead in the water. Like, I don't, I don't know what's going on with them. I don't know if they're really too into it. But uh, they uh, that that was a really bad loss on this week. A really, really big win, statement win for for you there, Sam. Yeah, and just one more thing I'll say on TCU. Like, look, you can you're going to be able to. There's going to be a team, or if not two, that gets in with four wins. And what are they? They have two wins right now, correct? Mm-hmm. So like, the, the season's not over for them. You know, let's like, if I'm TCU, I'm telling my guys, look, we just got absolutely embarrassed. But let's let's put it behind us and realize that there's two weeks left in the season. The season did not end games. this week. They have three more games. Yeah, they play a doubleheader. So they have three chances to to get to. I think we said earlier that five is a is almost like a magic number where you know if you get five wins, you're most likely going to be in the playoffs. So you know if I'm if I'm Eric, if I'm even Dylan, I know there's a couple couple different uh, vocal leaders on that team. I'm telling my team, you know, forget it kind of forget this even happened let's uh let's you know we showed up late we kind of like I said one throw in and we're down by two scores so tough to come back from that but you know let's let's see the the mental toughness of this team you know I really I think they have good good players on their team I mean trust me Dylan is a monster right but you know he's he's been quiet the past couple weeks but you know let's see Dylan have a 10 for 100 game with three touchdowns and let's see them get a win and then build on that I think a lot of this this part of the season is building so really going to challenge them going forward. Yeah, they're capable of doing it. Uh, one, one more thing on MSU. You know, they don't have weaknesses. I mean, you look at that team, they're, they're strong pretty much everywhere. It was a well-drafted, well-put-together team, and, and they work well together. That's what I like about MSU. All right, Chris, you got stats? Nope, no film yet. All right, nice. 
there is, there is film. Don't mistake that. Yeah, yeah, just not out yet. I haven't cut it. Don't worry. All right, let's go to the 11 a.m. slate. Crispin, back to you here. Florida State against Wyoming, arguably the game of the week. Yeah, this was a really fun game to be a part of. A lot of shit talking in the first half. Um, a lot of physical play on both sides. Um, let's calm down the physicality a little bit. Um, but overall, this game was kind of just a who wanted it more. And I felt like my guys coming off the coming off the first win, we were a little flat in the first half. Matt Hughes' energy, like you said last night to me on the phone, brought us alive, got a big sack. We get the ball back up 12, down 12 nothing. See, I wanted to wait to get to this game to answer uh, what Sam and Tommy had said. My offense, we execute when we need to. We went down 12 nothing against Florida State. We come right back, go up 13-12 before the half. Um, or no, right, we go right after the half. We score right out of the half, go up 13-12. And then we scored again after they scored. I think that my offense, we're, like I think Sam is a little bit right where we, like, we, we trust our defense a little too much. But whenever, my, whenever our offense is needed to score – We've scored whenever like it just we're we're a timely executing team. We just need to be consistently executing on offense. But regardless, Augie's team made a bunch of plays and made this one a one a one play last play of the game game. Uh, my defensive line was amazing. We sacked Augie eight times. I can't imagine Augie's been sacked more times in a game than he was in this one. Matt Hughes, four sacks. Damian had three. Um, James had another. It was it was an all around great game. Pat was a beast in this one again. Rob made a couple big plays for us. I felt Dom was still making plays on both sides of the ball. So, overall, great team day for my team. Shout out to Florida State, though. They battled super hard. And, like I said, that game was fun to play in. Um, the, shit, the shit talking was the was what made it. And I would play a game like that every week if we could. That, yeah. reason why I didn't pick Wyoming again this game is because they're coming off the second game of, uh, of the doubleheader. And uh, Wyoming – I mean um, – Florida State's fresh coming in the first game. So I had a clear advantage went to FSU. And, and, you know, even talking to the uh, Wyoming players after the game, they were beat after the first game, you know. But uh, a lot of fortitude by, the, by by each player on that team. They came back. That was a tough, hard-fought game. Uh, you had the marquee matchup with Pat against Justin. That two guys drawing at each other, going at it hard. They were both performing. Uh, it was great to watch. I love seeing shit like that. Uh, I thought it was a, a, a gutsy, gutsy call by Kurtzman to go for the two to win the game. You know, it's putting total confidence and say, you know what, we're here to win. I'm not here to play a tie and go in overtime. I'm going for the win. This is the type of team we are. And they were behind 100%. Uh, great play, great route. Um, hats off to Kurtzman. That's a, it's a great two wins, especially, like I said, second game in a doubleheader. Is, your team is sluggish. And uh, they performed. Kurtzman performed. My hats off to them. Yeah, we didn't want to play an overtime in game two. It was we were we were like you said we were beat up after game one, and like and like I said, we came out slow. We came out really slow, on, and we just couldn't put it in the end zone. But then we clicked on offense when we needed to, and I get the pick six to end the game and cement myself atop the rankings at the top by myself. So not much more to say about that. Bam. Yeah, no, I think uh, I, I mean you guys pretty much said it all. I actually sat right next to Tommy for most of this game. Um, got the same perspective on almost everything. And I think that a couple of things, like Kirsten said, I think it's exactly what he said when he said that, you know, his offense might not execute all the time so consistently, but when they needed to, especially on that two-point conversion, when they, you know, backs against the wall sort of when you're going for two, they they executed and it worked. And I think that um, as far as Florida State is concerned, you know, I think that I love the way – Augie plays. I think he's an absolute talent when it comes to flag football. But I think Augie needs to use his his arm more. And what I mean by that is not you know obviously he makes crazy throws, but there's even a couple of throws that you watch where you know Augie's just sitting in the pocket and he can make these amazing throws down the field. And when you have a guy like Justin, you know you don't need to be. You, it's not that you have to take a play off, but you don't need to be necessarily running around every single play to try and find your guy send Justin on a post and then just throw him, take a two, three step drop, throw the ball up. Like I know all he can and just, just hope he gets it, you know, hope he runs a great route and, you know, throw the, throw the pass to him and trust your guy. And, you know, I think if anyone in the league can go up and get a ball or even run a crisp route that can absolutely beat any defender, it's Justin. So if I had any critiques on Augie, it would really be just 
trust your arm more, not use your arm, I'd say, but trust your arm more and trust your, your eyes and, you know, not necessarily just rely on your legs first. Kind of, you know, it's, I know Augie plays a totally different game than I do, but I think Augie's arm talent is very underrated, honestly, just, just watching him on film. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. I think Augie was excellent in this game. I thought Kirsten was excellent, too. I thought this was the championship preview. I think if, you know, if you could get the unedited version of the film, I said it on there. I said, to me right now, I would put my money on this being the championship preview. These That, to me, looked like a championship game. It felt like a championship-level game. Felt, you know, the intensity, like you guys said, was extremely high. It was a physical game. Um, I... That, it was it was the gutsiest win of the season by Wyoming, in my opinion. You guys have had a lot of gutsy wins already, Kurtzman. But in that one, you're down early, second game of, of the doubleheader. You're down. You come back. They take a late. They get a big stop and score at the end of the game. Then you come down, go to Pat. I'm pretty sure three consecutive plays in a row for over the middle big play. Then touchdown. Then two point conversion. Playing for the win. Obviously, we love that. Uh, just just a huge huge win. And I think honestly. Time to talk about it. These two wins this weekend put Kurtzman probably at the number one spot in terms of the uh, the MVP power rankings. It'll be tough to catch him. Uh, I think Dartmouth's going got the only shot, right, to, to overtake him. Is that true, Kurtzman? For the one seed, um, I, honestly, I don't know off the top of my head, but we're playing it like we're in the middle of the pack. We need wins every week. I'm trying. They've to go only got one loss, right? They only got one loss. Everyone else has two at least. And right, they so, play Kirschman at the end of the season. And I've already, right. and I've already so beaten all the two. Well. At the end of the season, they get the one. Yeah. He put himself in a good position where not only did uh, he has a two-game lead on most teams, he beat the teams that behind him. So it's pretty much two and a half games. Yeah. No, we're going to – listen, you're you're 100% correct. And we're going to – but we got to continue like we're not secured because our offense isn't where it needs to be to win. One more thing about this game. Matt Hughes, you got some broad shoulders because you've been carrying this team. <laughs> <laughs> He definitely carried a – him and Damian carried a huge Absolutely. load this week. They had 13 sacks combined between the two of them. So I love watching them play. And just, just you know, I don't know if anyone watched film or, or, or watched the game. That, that the, the Going back to the first game, that screen pass at the end of the half, it was so well designed. I, I For some reason, on that particular play, I was watching just the line off the snap of the ball. And Matt Hughes off the snap just ran straight out. He was already in the second level by, by pretty much the time that Pat made his first move with the ball. Yeah, no, I sent it. I sent it to them, and I said, "This is how it needs to be run every single time." Um, listen, we're we make plays when we need to, and I'm I love this team, and we're gonna hopefully roll for a long time. You got uh, stats? Yeah, I do. Uh, this film was done because I had it. Augie was ten of eighteen, one hundred forty-three yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. Eight catches, um, eight rushes. I mean, seventy-five yards. Justin. Four catches, 82 yards, and a touchdown. Also had an interception. Also had seven tackles. Lebo had a sack. Driving, I had a tackle. Rob L. had two touchdown catches, 15 yards receiving, and a pass per- and two pass breakups. Uh, Matt Ivey had three catches for 46 yards, and Joe Dell had a sack. For Florida State, for me, I mean. For was, yeah, for Wyoming. I was 15 to 20, 143 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. Uh, six ca- carries, 50 yards and a pick six. Pat was six catches, 60 yards and a touchdown. Also caught the game-winning conversion. I had a pass breakup and three tackles. Rob Reddington had two catches, 10 yards, one being a conversion. Dom had two catches and three tackles in this one. Damian, three sacks, also caught a catch, 15 yards. Morick had two pass breakups. Matt Hughes, touchdown catch and four sacks. And James Whitcock, first touchdown of the year, and also had a sack in this one. One last thing. A shout out to, to Wyoming's defensive line. They did a great job. It wasn't just Damian. Uh, James, James was doing a great job all day. And uh, who's their other lineman? More accused Damian, Matt. Yeah, uh, Mark too. I mean, the, the whole defensive line. Such a great job they did. Yeah, I agree. Let's move on to the other 11 a.m. game that I don't think any of you saw. Ole Miss against Dartmouth. No, I was playing. <laughs> you didn't watch it either, Dad. No, I didn't Sam, you didn't see it either. I did not know. All right, I'll talk. I'll talk about it. Um, I actually just, I actually just did film for this one, and it is actually uploading. But um, <clears throat> this game actually started off really slow, and the thing with this one, you thought these two teams, right, were going, to, you know, to come in and have really big days because they've been playing really well offensively. But what stood out to me the most in this one, and what you'll see on the film, Ole Miss really struggled in the red zone this week. 
Dartmouth had a lot of big time stops. Um, early in the game, I, I, I wish I knew his name. I don't know his name. Dan, on what team? On what team? On on Ole Miss had an interception. It wasn't Dan. Dan. Was he wearing a backwards hat? No, it wasn't Dan. Uh, Dan, someone at on Ole Miss. I'm sorry, I don't know your name, but he had a nice interception on Joe. Um, the defensive line made it tough on Joe all day. Defensive line made it tough on Tommy too. But um, you know, it's kind of the the, the same thing that I want to say with Tommy. He had like he was moving in the pocket really well, Chris. I think you were pointing out to me saying that like you know he he just buys time really well now like in the backfield. Yeah. He was doing that again today. I thought Joe Joe was really pretty much on the money all day. And he had one he had one throw with, with uh, opportunity with Liam Knowles, oh a deep crossing route over the middle where he just flat out missed them. And I was like, damn, Joe, it was a beautiful play. He stepped up right through the pocket. Liam was wide open. He just overthrew him. Maybe I, maybe he thought Liam was going to run like a little bit of a different route. But um, either way, both quarterbacks were good in this one. Um, both defenses were good in this one. I walked away from this one saying kind of the same feel that I had with Texas Tech. And Florida saying, okay, these are two of the better teams in the league here. But my uh, my, my my big takeaway for Ole Miss was, you know, they lost that one and they had another tough game against Florida State coming off of a loss. So they end up going 0-2 this week, which is tough, and it, it drops them in the standings. But um, I still think they're a really good team. They, they played a tough game against Dartmouth. This one could have really went either way. But, um, you know, another big win for Dartmouth, and they're sitting in what, second place now? Yeah, let me ask you a couple questions about the game. Good. Yeah. Um, one, what was the final score? Um, 20, uh, 25 to 18, or there might've been like a, a, a third, might be 31 to 18 that put it away at the end. Okay. Um, so Dartmouth, did Dartmouth control this game throughout? Cause no, the no, no, they like- didn't because, um, Ole Miss went up 18 to 13 after being down, they were down 13 to six. And then okay. they scored two consecutive touchdowns and went up 18 to 13. When I talked to Tommy after the games and I said, Hey, like what happened to you? went 0 and 2. He was like, yeah, he said he felt like they, they game planned a little too much for Tompkins. And I'm not sure how well Tompkins did in this one, but Tommy made it out to say like Tompkins didn't have a crazy impact on the game. So they felt like maybe they shouldn't have game planned as hard for Tompkins. As Liam had did. a big touchdown. Ritter had a big touchdown. Yeah, I feel like, listen, I feel like Dartmouth was really good off the line. Yeah, I just want to speak about Dartmouth. They're just a really solid team where I don't think you can just game plan for Tompkins or for Liam. You have to game plan for their whole their whole group as a whole. Santuccio, Ritter, Liam Knowles, uh, Musi off the line, like you said, they got a really, really balanced and really good team, honestly. And I think it's shame on us for kind of taking this on to realize it. But they're definitely one of the upper echelon. They took a week one loss to, to Augie when. Augie had full strength and Dartmouth didn't have Nick Tompkins. Not saying that would have changed the outcome, but they've won five straight now. So if you're not believing in them at this point, you're kind of just, you didn't, you're kind of just being stubborn and you didn't want to hop on the train. Yeah. They're Um, wrong. They're balanced on all three levels and defense and they're balanced on offense as well. Uh, They're going to be a tough out for whoever's got to play against them. And I, if they're not, they were in the final four last year. A lot of these guys in the same group. So don't be shocked that they're back there again. Yeah, no, I really like this team. No effects from uh, Joe's injury from the week before. Joe's always fine when the game. Oh, I guess I should give the update now. Uh, Dane out for the season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, major it. major blow to their team was defense. It was an abs- is an absolute stud. Off- uh, offensive line, he is right there with Austin protecting Tommy. Uh, defensively, I know he calls their defense. He they like I hear him making calls at the line when I'm roughing their games. They he he's a very important piece to that team and. Really? He, some people were thinking that third round was a little early for him. And Tommy said, nah, he does a lot for us and he makes our team go. So there they got, I know they got a replacement for him, more of a, a bigger body, just offensive lineman, but um, that's a big loss for them. And they fall to three and three, three and two after this game, but we'll talk about the Florida State game after, but a um, little stump in the road, but I still like this team going forward. No Pauly this week for them. So that's obviously a huge loss. So yeah. Well, well, listen, they're going to rebound. They'll be ready for the playoffs, and they'll be another tough out for another team. They're one of the better teams in this league. All right, let's go to the 12 o'clock slate. Purdue against LSU. Kirsten, you ref this one, right? Purdue versus LSU. I did ref most of this one, yes. Good. Um, when I got to the game, it was a tie 6-6 game, and Purdue was playing really well. Um, they brought a guy for Rashid, so it was nice to see that Deshaun uh, had another guy to throw to. Um, Jaleel was there. Mergle didn't play this week. I think his hamstring was still hurting from last week. 
Um, but they came out playing really well. And I honestly thought that they were going to play with, play with LSU for the entire game, but second half starts, Deshaun gets the ball first, they're down six. I'm like, okay, maybe they, they put together a drive and tie it up. First play, Cody Norton pick six. Um, absolutely deflates the team. They go down 19-6. They do score to make it 19-12, but then Sobes puts on LSU and Sobes put on the, but they put on the afterburners. They went up. They scored three straight touchdowns, go up 32 to no 34 to 12 and kind of put it away. Um, Purdue looked pretty good through, uh, I'd say, 30 minutes of this one. But last 10 minutes, they just really couldn't stay with them. A lot, a lot of drop passes. I honestly thought Deshaun was playing a pretty good game of quarterback, building off that game last week um, against Michigan State. But a lot of drop passes from the group. I felt like they they, they left a lot, of ball, um, a lot of yards out there to be taken. Um, LSU did what they had to do, got the 34-18 win. Um, I wanted to say that uh, I talked to Amir after the game, and he subbed for Purdue, and uh he's like, yo, this is the worst communicating team ever. He's like, that's why they get a touchdown. On defense, they don't talk at all. They don't communicate. They don't talk about who has what. And that, you know, we talked about it. When you play in this league, if you're not going to do things like that, like communicate and be on your A game and and give it a hundred percent, then you're going to get blown out. They're going to score three or four touchdowns in a row on you like how they did. So that was just a good uh, tidbit from Amir. Yeah. And I think that kind of, now that you say that Amir said that um, there were tensions rising in the secondary when, when guys were missing, they were kind of missed assignments, I guess, or they were just doing the wrong thing on defense or kind of no communication, like Amir said. And it brings me back to my team. I think we communicate the best in the league. And that's why we are so good, but Purdue, they were always a team that had to kind of, we we're going to have to figure it out as they go. It would have been good if they would have had maybe a practice outside of it or something like that, but they never got consistent players every single week playing. Deshaun always had a new group every time. So um not sure they would have been a real threat to make noise in the playoffs, but a few wins would have been nice from them. Right. Now you got anything? No, I didn't watch the game, but uh, I, I kind of hope that, Purdue's got to put together a complete game. You can't play a, a one good half and, and, and expect to, you know, to come out with a victory. You got to put two halves together to win a game. Yeah. Sam, you got anything? No, I missed this game too, but just wanted to say that to shout out to LSU. I think it takes a lot of uh, mental toughness to lose a big game and then come back and win, uh, especially when you put up a lot of points and you even go down. So just shout out LSU. I think they're, I think, again, I think they're better than their record is. And I think that, Sobes will will them into the playoffs, but uh, that's all I had to say about that. Yeah, no, it was a big win for LSU. They get them to three wins on the season. Um, they need to win at least one more of these next two games to secure a playoff spot. Um, they changed their line again in this one. Spo played a lot more receivers, scored a touchdown. Uh, pretty sure Jake Sobes scored a touchdown as well. I think Body had one too. Cody had the pick six. So. Um, a full team effort in this one to come back from the tough loss, wait an hour, and then play another game. Um, they need to figure it out quickly on offense and kind of get it going because their defense really isn't the problem. I feel like they do have playmakers out there. They do need to adjust earlier um, with some stuff because I feel like they adjusted late in the game against us, and it definitely worked a lot better for them. But, uh, yeah, just need to keep improving as a team, and hopefully they're clicking on all cylinders going into the playoffs. All right, let's go to the other 12 o'clock game. Florida State against Ole Miss. Dad, were you watching this one? Bits and pieces. You had to tell me your takeaways. Um, again, second game in a doubleheader. I thought Florida State looked a little sluggish. Uh, again, coming off a, a very deflating defeat. It's tough to get up for that game, uh, but they played a good Ole Miss team. And uh, Ole Miss made... was all the second game in a doubleheader as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. I. Um... But, uh, yeah, it, it was, like you said, the hungrier dog. You know, they, they're the ones that won the game. Kurtz. Yeah, no, um, they, these two teams came out a little – they came out – honestly, they came out nice on offense. I just watched the film on this game. Actually, I did it. Uh, it was 12-12 immediately. Augie had a, a really nice rushing touchdown. And then Augie had a crazy rushing touchdown. You know, that, yeah, he had a crazy spin move at the line to evade the defensive lineman and then kind of swerved on the entire defense and got in for a touchdown. Ole Miss came right back down and scored. Then Augie's team came right back down and scored again. Justin scored another one. Um, that The big story in this game was when uh, Ole Miss lost Dane in the middle of the second – in the middle of the first half. Um, it changed the game offensively because they went with two linemen, which I didn't really – I agree with maybe early, but 
Augie went on the D line and started absolutely causing havoc. It's it, there was no there was no they they had needed to play a third guy to stop him. Tommy adjusted a little too late to that. Um, Tommy was trusting himself to be able to evade Augie and then have Austin hold up Lebo with which on some plays it did work, but Augie still had three sacks in this game um, on key moments as well. Twice went twice on one drive when they were trying to score to tie the game up when when Florida State was up eighteen to twelve. Um, no one really got conversions in this one. I feel like we always talk about conversions. We haven't talked about them in a few weeks, but these conversions are going to come down to making and breaking games. You make a couple of conversions here and there, you find yourself in better positions. Um, a lot of not the well-designed conversion plays, I guess, but um, it was it was evident in this one. I was watching the film that the plays on the conversions were more just get open and I'll make a play for both quarterbacks, really. Um, but Ole Miss made this game a game late. They got they got a touchdown and converted an onside kick, but by that point they were really gassed. And another sack by I think Lebo kind of sealed this game. Florida State flexed their muscles, made sure they didn't go zero and two on the day. Ole Miss falls to three and three, so kind of puts them back a little back a step. But they were missing Dane. They didn't have Pauly, so Florida State does what they have to do and takes care of business. Twenty seven to twenty, you know, twenty five to nineteen. The one thing I want to throw in about FSU, uh, they got to close their games better. Uh, they could have came out with a victory against your team if they closed. All they had to do, you know, stop uh, stop you on a final drive and stop you, the two-point conversion. Couldn't do either. Yeah. And in this game, uh, to give up the the uh, the Hail Mary, you know, onside, you know, that shouldn't happen. You're one of the better teams in this league. Close the game out. Don't let that happen. Yeah. Rob Akani, uh, huge day. Caught another two touchdowns in this game. I know he caught a touchdown against us as well. Uh, being a nice outlet off the line, he's kind of done a lot for this team. He plays DB, plays offensive line, defensive line. Uh, he's showing that when he's not playing quarterback and having to worry about being a captain, he's actually a very valuable piece to a team. And I'm happy to see that he's thriving in the league again. Sam. Yeah, I, I think this was, I, I was going to say exactly what Tommy said. I want to see FSU close games a lot better. Um, but again, I think Tommy, I, I really like Tommy's game in this, honestly. I think he played a very good game. I made a lot of plays with his legs. And, you know, I think he's, he's an awesome talent, but his movement in the pocket and he, he being able to extend plays is very underrated. And I think, you know, where there's guys like, there's guys like Augie and Kurtzman who will, you know, as soon as they see, you know, green grass in front of them, they'll, they'll take off. But Tommy has a good balance of, recognizing that open field and then also keeping his eyes downfield. And it creates a very a big issue for, uh, for defenses I've noticed. And I think that um, even on like the, 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 the onside kick, you know, he extended the play. I think Lebo was literally chasing after him for maybe five minutes on that play, but uh, he just couldn't get him. And Tommy extended the play. And then when you accompany that with just his arm and his mind to the game, um, and I'm pretty sure he didn't, he didn't have Paulie this week, correct? Paulie was not there. And that's yeah, it. so even even without Paulie, who's one of the better receivers in the league, Tommy still did what he did what he does and has been doing for you know weeks on weeks now. So just want to shout out Tommy there. Really, really like the way he's been playing lately. Um, and uh, I think he's there. They're definitely. I don't think they should be discouraged by this. I think they they just played one of the the best teams in the league. But I think they're up there as well. So uh, just want to shout out Tommy there. And even in a loss, I liked his game. Kurtz, you have stats on this one. Um, yeah, before I do the stats, um, I just want to really shout out to um, Ole Miss because I really thought they were really undermanned late in the second game and they still made it a close game. And like Sam said, Tommy is able to keep anyone in any, any team in any game with his arm. And uh, I, he's a guy that has really good balance out there, makes a lot of time for himself, and I'm just so happy to see how good he's gotten in the league, honestly. Yeah. Um, Tommy, 14 of 22, 149 yards and uh, three touchdowns, seven carries, 84 yards. Giuseppe had six catches for 43 yards. Austin had a five-yard touchdown. Redesco had three catches, 34 yards. Dane had a sack before his injury. John Guzman caught a touchdown, also had two catches for 37 yards. Rajot caught a five-yard touchdown, and uh, Dan Dexter caught the Hail Mary to give them a chance on the onside kick. Yeah, and then did a front flip. And then did a front flip. Uh, Augie was 7-13, 81 yards and a touchdown. Also had four carries, 68 yards and two touchdowns. And also had three sacks on defense. An all-around great game from Augie. Justin had four catches, 69 yards, had an interception, seven tackles, and a pass breakup. I think they gave Justin 14 tackles on the day. Um, 
very solid day for one of the league's best players. Matt Ivino had one catch for two yards. Uh, Ivan had caught his first catch to the year was also a touchdown. Lebo had two sacks in this one one lead to kind of seal the deal. And Rob L pick six. Like I said, Rob L flourishing as a non quarterback. Uh, yeah. Went really late. a little too early on that pick six, if you ask me. <laughs> I also want to shout out Augie. If you look at Augie's Instagram story, he had two crazy sacks. Like Augie was Augie was nice on the defensive line. Augie's too. all speed rush. Yeah. I mean, there was yeah. a play. He just he just dipped Not, his shoulder yeah, no. and grabbed Tommy's flag in one motion. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, I wanted to shout out Augie too. I think that it's it's one thing to kind of you know get on your guys for not doing something well and i think augie augie definitely did that in that this game where he shouted out his d-line or i'm not shouted out but kind of got in his d-line and then instead of you know just putting all the blame on them and just sitting back and watching them fail i love that augie just you know he'll say you know what i'll get on the d-line i love that out of him and i think that that's a that's a true leader and i think that that's really what what makes them who they are i think augie's able to do it all and i think that um, he, again, he's just a great leader for that team. All right, agreed, Sam. Let's move on to the last game of the day: Alabama against Blue Mountain State. That I know you had a lot to say about this one, so I'll, I'll let you start. Love this game. You know, uh, since the league started, I've been waiting. I've heard a lot of good things about Deb. I've been waiting to see him play. And every game I've watched Alabama play, he's never really finished a game. I, I've seen Abby play quarterback more than him. And I wondered why I just didn't know if he was hurt or not, but he got a chance to play uh, this week. And oh, I got to see him play and he played a full game and he played great. Uh, one of the things I was talking about, oh, yeah, I wanted to see them uh, have a receiver step up and be that guy that could take a slam pass to the house or a guy that can go up and get a 50-50 ball. And uh, Abby Sub, I think his name is Keyshawn. Is that his name? Am I right? Yeah. Unbelievable. You know, uh, if Deb is allowed, he's got time to throw and he's allowed to throw a back shoulder throw that a receiver is going to get. Or he did throw a, a, a you know a slant pass to him, and he almost housed it. I mean, these are things you're looking for. A 50-50 ball. He was coming down with it. It was exciting to see this new player come in the league and play. Jawed a little bit with Mike Gargano, and that's you know not an easy thing to do when you're jawing with Mikey during a game. But uh, it was all good fun. I, I liked seeing that. I, I saw confidence from Dev. I mean, I went to me after the game. I said, "Listen, that was a really, really great game. I need you to build on that." And, and I think he can. And and, and Alabama, they. They, they should look forward to playing the next few games and, and playing at that level because, I you know, that, that game could have easily been won. Um, how about the ball Dev threw to Emmerich, too, down the sideline? Yeah, oh, beautiful. Nine. Absolute gorgeous. One of the better passes you're going to see this year. Yeah. Kurtz? Um, this was a true test of who really didn't want to be in the worst position in the league right now. Uh, both teams had three had three games in the last two weeks, so this game was super important for both teams. Both were sitting at one and four going into this one. Um BMS, I thought was handling kind of handling this game, and then out of nowhere, Vin throws a bad interception late, um, sets up Dev for a game winning drive. Dev converts on the game winning drive, and then leaves Vin a little too much time. And I guess the legend of the Gargano continues on for one more week. Um, he was able to take his team down the field, and on the last play of the game, you could hear a pin drop on the field before that play started. Everyone was just sitting there waiting to see what was about to happen. Um, Vin made two guys miss in the backfield, rolled right, found Matt Green, who made everyone uh, everyone's heart stop where he, he caught the ball, but it popped up in the air real quick. He was able to secure it for the game-winning touchdown as time expired. Uh, devastating loss for Alabama, extremely gratifying win for um, – BMS because they absolutely needed it. Being one and five, you need to go. They Alabama's in a three and zero, must go three and zero, um, probably to make the playoffs. So they have to come play their A game, both games this week. Um, and if they're able to come out two and zero, they're going to have the league on fire, and maybe Dev will be making a late surge for the playoffs. You got anything on this one, Sam? Uh, no, I just think that you know, last week I kind of when we were talking about Ving Gargano and kind of just the whole. Uh, landscape of the league. I think that, you know, again, I think that this game was perfectly, perfectly lined up to what I said, where, you know, if you give Vin Gargano the chance to win the game, you know, I'm putting my money on Vin Gargano every time, just the way he plays and his experience and, you know, actual football and real, really, you know, leading a team. And um, I think it was just proven here that, you know, even, even as bad of an interception he threw, he kind of bounced back. He's very even field. He doesn't kind of, get too crazy all the time or get too 
too off balance. And I think that he kind of showed that in this game and he made the big play when it mattered. So got to shout out him. And again, I'm still going to put my money on him every week. Who was it that caught the win touchdown? Matt Green? Yeah. Yeah. He, oh, by the way, he's been absolutely great for them on yeah. defense. I've even spoken to Vin and he is, you know, he, he, I don't even know if he has any football experience, but even Vin, who, like I said, has football experience said, like this kid is good. He's a good football player. There's nothing, anything. There's nothing he does bad, and he's been very good for them, especially on defense. Where I remember actually a couple of weeks ago, he had a pick six and he did a backflip in the end zone. So he's kid's an athlete. Uh, got a shout out him, and um, I think he's been very good for them. And again, just if shout I, out Vingargano, of course. If I'm not mistaken, maybe the drive before, maybe even that drive, I'm not sure. But he had a pass that bounced off his chest that went incomplete. And yes, then, yes. Yeah, and then and then the winning touchdown, he had to bounce over his chest again, but thank God he stood with it and, and was able to gather for the touchdown. I like to see receivers catch the ball with their hands, not with their chest. So moving forward, a little suggestion there. Yeah, no, Matt <laughs> has been very good on defense side of the ball, made a big play in this one. Um, BMS, I just hope that they're able to kind of play better ball. They kind of survived this week. They were definitely the favorite going into this game, but – not sure if they were a little relaxed or whatever, but they need to come out with a lot of energy in the next week. Um, and- I'm giving all credit to Alabama on this one. It wasn't that they played down or anything, uh, or they were playing a bad team. Alabama showed up. At, at- no, Alabama did show up. I agree. Yeah, it, was, it was nice. It was nice of them to show up. And you know, these last three weeks, you got to run the table here if you're Alabama. You got to run the table to get into the playoffs, yeah. and um, you know, just continue to build on 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 playing good football and making it good competitive. Uh, good games. decisions by Dev. Just one thing I don't like uh, throwing off your back foot to the middle of the field. So, you know, just be wary of things like that. Conscious of of, of the plays that you call, and you know, uh, limit your mistakes, and you'll you'll have a great game. And and he did. Could we do and one more one more thing? They didn't have a uh, BMS. Didn't have um, Paul. Correct. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. They didn't. Yeah. Because I remember I actually. I didn't watch this game, but I, I kind of just in talking to you guys, um, I, I remember I actually like asked Paul, I was like, hey, what happened with your game? And he said he wasn't there. But when I heard they won, I was like, I kind of joked with him. I was like, damn, maybe you're the, uh, maybe you're the problem on the team. But <laughs> I think missing Paul is definitely a big, uh, big, big loss there. I think Paul is, Paul's a do-it-all kind of guy. When you miss one of those, it, it hurts for sure. Let's not forget my great diving catch by Mike Nianzo for a touchdown. Yes. Mikey showed up about big hands in the end zone extra points. Yeah, I was only there for the first half of this game. Then I had to leave and go to work. But um, from what I saw, I thought Dev looked really good. He threw a beautiful pass to Emmerich. And I thought, you know, Emmerich plays well and he competes. So um, let's, I'm just looking forward for Alabama to com- continue to be competitive for the rest of the season. Uh, let's go quick off the top of our heads. Dogs of the week. Starting back from game one, okay? okay. Georgia against Oregon. Who would you hand that one out to, Kurtzman? Um. Well, the D line of uh, Liam Riley, Dean, and Dean Wiatrowski. That's or, what I. That's what I. That's what I was gonna say too. Liam and, and Dean would have been my yeah, guys. They, yeah, they gave Oregon. They gave Oregon offensive line a little trouble, and I thought they made Suroff throw sometimes when he wasn't ready to. So I'd give it to that group. Texas Tech against Florida. Oof. Um, I think I'm. I'm gonna say my own. I think I'm gonna say Abdul. Honestly, I think he had a monster game in this game, didn't he? he had like a hundred yeah. yards or so. He had over hundred pass breakups. Yeah. I like Santuccio. No, that's Dartmouth. So no, not that. saying uh, what's the who's the sub for for Texas Tech? Jelani, <laughs> Sadati, Sadati, same same kind of thing. You know what I'm trying to say? Sadati. I would go. I would give. I would give Sadati. My. Uh, well, I'll go to the. I'll go to the winning team in this one. Uh, dogs. I'm trying to think who would I go with. Uh, I thought Jirak. We've given Deflippers too, though. Yeah, yeah you can give Jirak the play for the last play of the game. Yeah, no, for sure. But that whole group. LSU against Wyoming. Damien. Damien. Damien for sure. I got my, I'm splitting Damien and Matt Hughes. Okay. I'm doing that second game too, so. Uh, oh, man. Uh, T- and, and then you'd have to throw James in there too. Yeah. TCU against Michigan State, Sam. Easily, easily Sean McDonald. But from last week, dropping probably the most wide open pass of the season to first his first two touches were two touchdowns in this, this week. So definitely got to give it to my guy Sean McDonald here. Nice. 11, 11 a.m. Uh, Florida State against Wyoming. Same thing? Yeah. I'm going the whole trenches. Yeah. Everyone that plays in the trenches for me. Ole Miss against Dartmouth. Let me think. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of who, who I would. 
I thought Lebo was a, a beast in the trenches. I thought he was doing it. He had two sacks, was giving Augie all the time in the world, especially oh. with no Marola there. I, 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 I moved on to Ole Miss versus Dartmouth, Chris. Oh, I thought you said FSU. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think in Ole Miss, um, Ole Miss versus Dartmouth, who would I give the dog of the you, you week? You have to give a dog of the week. Never saw it. I know. I'm, Liam, I'm, yeah, I would say Liam. Liam was a beast. I could, you could even argue Ritter, too. Um, Ole Miss, I mean, excuse me, Purdue against LSU. I think I'm saying obviously it's an easy answer, but I'm saying Sobes again just for bound, being able to get his team rally, his team together, bounce back, and get a big win. I'm going Tommy Torrey. He yeah. played in the second half. He played the second half of a back-to-back with, like, a really injured hand. Uh, played center snap with his tape over his hand, so I'm giving him dog of the week. Florida State against Ole Miss. Kersman went Lebo. I did. <laughs> um, Alabama against Blue Mountain State. Alabama against Blue Mountain State. Last game of the day. Maybe, maybe. Mm, I don't know. I didn't see this game enough. Um, I would go with honestly, man. Give it up to Dev, but on the winning team, I'd say Matt Green. He made the biggest yeah. play when it counted the most. Matt Green, I, I know definitely. Well, uh, and the new guy, Keyshawn. I, you know, yeah, Keyshawn, I, good day too. Yeah. That's going to be it for the podcast this week. We'll be back on Thursday for the week six preview and our power rankings and everything like that. will come out week six, the film and everything will be up by then. Hopefully um, Kurtzman might be all the way up to date with stats. So we might be able to do a little bit of that on the podcast as well. Everyone make sure to subscribe on all podcast platforms. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. If you made it at this point to this point in the podcast, we appreciate you, Sam, as always, thank you for coming on brother. And we will catch everyone on Thursday and then, of course, at the field on Sunday. Peace.